everyone. Welcome to the Let's Talk Languages podcast. Following our pilot episode, now available on Spotify, we would like to properly introduce ourselves. So first, I am going to introduce myself a little bit. My name is Judy Um, and I am a polyglot based in Seoul, Korea. And I am an entrepreneur. I am an interpreting student. I sometimes work as a translator and interpreter. I'm also a language teacher slash coach. So basically everything related to languages, I'm doing it in my life. And we have another special host. David Allen Martin II. I am a translator and interpreter as well and have been for many years now. I am also an English instructor. I have taught business and scientific English for about the last 15 years but I also teach uh, German and Spanish and Mandarin Chinese and uh, really teach people or coach people on how to learn languages faster and more efficiently using a special bilingual method that I have developed over the years called Translation Cubed. So also just about everything having to do with <laughs> languages and language yeah. learning. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's impressive. <laughs> okay, so now we would like to introduce what our next episode will be about and today we are going to talk a little bit about um, another question that our students have sent us and the discussion of the day will be about the advantages and disadvantages of native and non-native teachers right yeah very excited about <laughs> this topic because yeah. it's a question comes up quite often and obviously there are any number of platforms these days where you can find language teachers language coaches uh, we were just talking about earlier just like italki there's mm -hmm. also verbling and some of the teachers are native speakers of the respective mm -hmm. language that they're teaching some of them are non-native speakers mm -hmm. and the question is um, and perhaps you only have access to non-native speakers mm -hmm. uh, many times speakers also tend to charge less the question is whether that's necessarily a bad thing that mm. they are non-native speakers of your target language so david you have experience of teaching your mother tongue which is english and other languages that you've learned right that's correct yeah uh, extensive experience i would say extensive yeah. experience okay yes so should we start with advantages of native speaking teachers Sure, yeah. Uh, would you like to start with that topic or would you like yeah. me to kick it off? Well, okay, please. I can start. So I personally, I've preferred to learn from native teachers for almost my entire life because I put a great uh, amount of emphasis on the pronunciation and um, speaking like a native. That, has always been of great interest to me. And I think, of course, I can't generalize, but non-native teachers, I think it's kind of difficult for them to really master the pronunciation in the respective languages. So as a person who would like to be like a native, I've always learned from native teachers. And I believe that that's, that could be um, one of the only that could actually be the only advantage that native teachers have 
but I think that advantage cannot be supplanted by non-native teachers. I would definitely mm. agree, yes. Yeah, mm. not many non-native teachers could do that. I know that you can, but... <laughs> <laughs> I've seen uh, well, so as many... you say in Chinese, bu, bu, bu gan dang, bu gan dang. I don't deserve that honor. <laughs> yeah, I know you deserve it, but uh, yeah, I've seen many, many non-native teachers who sound weird, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you are uh, you are no uh, uh, slouch yourself uh, as far as. <laughs> <laughs> uh, achieving a highly authentic pronunciation in the mm -hmm. languages uh, that you learn and speak. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, so the you know the the question is how how do you achieve that? And you know we will almost certainly talk about the topic of improving your pronunciation in a in a uh, a later episode of this of podcast. Uh -huh. um, but I would most certainly uh, agree with you that uh, the the primary advantage of having a, a native speaker as a teacher is that they they uh, speak authentically that they yeah. their pronunciation not just at the phonetic level but at the phonological level so yeah uh, if you're talking about liaison right the, this yeah. concept of the connections between words um, that non-native speakers simply don't tend to make those uh, kind of uh, interword connections uh, mm -hmm. as uh, authentically um you know so uh things like um i don't know uh, what are you doing what are you doing and not as you know we don't say in american english and we don't say what are you doing but rather yeah. what are what are you doing yeah. uh, those kinds of things can be achieved by non-native speakers but they're less likely to be achieved and uh, if you really want to speak authentically like you said that you do yeah. and of course that's my goal as well it's really mm -hmm. hard to uh, as you said, supplant that. Uh, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but there's also a controversy whether we need to work on our pronunciation because some people think that pronunciation isn't that important. Maybe the maybe their primary goal of learning a language would be to write. So it might depend on which purpose you have when it comes to language learning. But for me. Yeah, speaking has always been of great interest to me, and pronunciation mm -hmm. and accent, these are important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Your 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 objective, your primary objectives in learning the language are always going to be paramount. Those are yeah. always going to dictate mm -hmm. what what it is that you focus on, and yeah. you know what the source of your learning is going to be, mm -hmm. but. If you want to, I think that if you if if you uh, if you seek to 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 impress, if you would actually like <laughs> to and and to to fit in, it's not it's not just about impressing or or fitting in. It's also about kind of making your interlocutor, the person you're speaking with, feel as comfortable as possible. And oh. people tend to feel yeah. So if you think about whether it's in a in a more relaxed, laid back. Uh, mm -hmm. context or in a business context if yeah. you uh, as much as possible try to um, assimilate and uh, try to make your pronunciation sound as authentic as possible you're going to make your interlocutor or interlocutors feel very comfortable because they're not going to have any difficulties or uh, relatively oh, few difficulties yeah. understanding comprehending what you're saying uh, oh. and parsing your speech and when somebody has a very thick accent um, yeah. even 
so comprehensible, it is taxing. It's taxing. The brain has to work harder. Oh, uh, yeah. So that, that's that, a that, very, it, it, yeah. I think that's a very altruistic point of view that I've never really thought about because I would only think about myself and maybe potentially <laughs> impressing people. But yeah, it makes sense to really, it, I guess it helps with the communication and that's going to be more relaxing for the listeners. Yeah, yes. that definitely makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. if spoken communication is your focus, then improving your pronunciation is most definitely... Uh, going to be uh, of of great of great use and of great benefit. Yeah, and also mm. another advantage of native teachers, I think, is I also like to write, as you know. And uh, when it comes to writing essays, I wonder to what extent um, non-native teachers could correct my writing and make it better and proofread. Whereas native teachers, I have confidence in that they know what would sound natural in that language. That would be what you mentioned, language use, right? And that's also another component that has always been important in my language learning. And that uh -huh. non-native teachers can't do, I think. That is a very interesting theory because mm -hmm. in my experience well as you know i i work as a as a german translator and yeah, yeah. i have i have demonstrably translated over uh one million words from german to english um yeah. from any every possible domain that you can think of so i have mm -hmm. dealt with an incredible amount of german text uh and not just technical German, but also marketing materials uh, and things like uh, books to a lesser extent, uh, but articles. So really every kind of uh, text that you can possibly think of. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I deal with a lot of uh, texts, obviously generally written by native speakers of German. And uh, the fact of the matter is, obviously we're gonna talk about non-native speakers later, but native speakers are not uh, perfect in their language use. So they make yeah. a, a great yeah. Of mistakes mm -hmm. and another thing that many people don't know is that you can check the the not the veracity but you can check the accuracy of your speech if you know how to use google properly mm -hmm. uh, so you exact searches if you put something in in uh, quotation marks on, mm -hmm. uh, on google you can actually uh and and you can use any number of different uh, special characters like the star um mm -hmm. to essentially search for uh, different phrases uh, and word usages and if you know how to do this in an intelligent way you can actually very quickly begin to write in a foreign language and make it sound like you're a native speaker mm. uh, I, I actually teach this to my students one when if they're interested in writing most of my students want to just speak better <laughs> um, they'd like yeah. more fluently and, and improve yeah. their pronunciation yeah. Um, but those students who are interested in writing um, can uh, greatly benefit from these techniques. Uh, mm -hmm. And it is uh, possible, if, an, if you're working with a non-native speaker and they know how to use these techniques, it is possible um, to, to achieve, um, I don't want to say 100% of the time, but mm -hmm. much more often uh, than one would think. Mm. Uh, but writing is a very different ball game. It's a very different beast to speaking, as we know, because yes. you have much more time 
Yes. Uh, and obviously, at the end of the day, a native speaker will be able to help you faster because, as you said, they know when something sounds good, right? Yeah. They have. Yeah. They already have it in their head. They don't have to research it. Yeah. If they're if they're well educated and well read mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and all the other shit. yeah yeah, but I think native teachers, native speakers can fix your writing, edit your writing better. Um, but when students ask them, why did you correct it this way? They won't be able to answer. That's the problem. Mm. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a fantastic yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So could, you, uh, could you elaborate uh, yeah. on, on what you I say this because when I read Korean texts written by foreigners, I could easily detect that this is written by a foreigner because it sounds unnatural. But if somebody were to ask me why why does it not work and why does this version work better i cannot explain at ease because i don't know the grammar <laughs> i don't know the grammar uh -huh. and for me korean being my native language i never had to learn my language growing up right because it was something very very natural to me and uh -huh. correcting someone's writing and being able to explain that, I think that requires a certain amount of grammatical explanation, which I am not really capable of in my mother tongue. So yeah, I can help them uh, sound better and write better, but cannot give a perspective that non-native teachers can give. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because you didn't have to learn the grammar outright essentially yeah. uh with, i like to say with blood sweat and tears <laughs> by, yeah. by, ana by analytical means yeah uh, so difficult it, it's obviously not impossible there are many native speakers of uh yeah. you know if, if linguistics is your background mm -hmm. uh you know i i studied germanic linguistics but uh in studying germanic linguistics i had to study a lot of English grammar, and in fact, there was a, a very popular series when I was at uni uh, called English Grammar for Students of, and then they had English Grammar for Students of German, English Grammar oh. for Students of French. So what these this series of books did was it helped you to uh, learn the grammar of English better so as to be able to uh, learn the grammar of your respective target language better because then you had a, mm -hmm. a, a means of comparison of mm -hmm. reference mm -hmm. um, in in order to understand grammatical mm -hmm. concepts uh, more easily because uh, you already speak your, your native language so it's easier to kind of wrap your head around mm -hmm. these grammatical concepts which uh, these, these grammar concepts which can oftentimes be be quite complicated right yeah yeah Yes. Yeah, and well, and um, so I can give you an example. I obviously teach German as a mm -hmm. as a non-native speaker of German, a mm -hmm. non-native speaker who who obviously I, I, I speak at a high level, but I'm still yeah, yeah. not a native speaker. Um, so because I I studied all of this at at uni, mm -hmm. I had to learn I had to learn all of the different terms also for referring to. Uh, the different uh, Zeitformen, the different um, uh, forms of the the verb. So whether mm -hmm. you're talking about the present tense, the future tense, the past tense, um, and uh, or the past perfect, 
so uh, the past perfect in German, uh, I'll just give a, a specific example. It's called the Plusquam Perfect. Oh. Uh, however, so it exists in German, but you yeah. rarely hear it. it you, oh. If you ever see the form, it's only used in writing. Um, it's very rarely used in speaking. And so because Germans don't use it in their speaking, they have difficulty learning English and also Spanish, for example, mm. uh, because we do say, I had, for example, I had already left the party when you arrived, for example, right? Ya había dejado, o ya me había ido cuando llegaste a la fiesta, for example, right? Yeah. In both English and Spanish, for example, you use, you definitely use this, this, this form, right? Yeah, of the yeah. verb. But in German, you don't use it in speaking. It sounds quite uh, stilted, uh, even kind of... Um, uh, kind of posh. Uh, <laughs> if, if yeah. you say, ich war schon gegangen, als du, als du bei der Feier angekommen bist. So Germans will get around this by just saying, I was already gone. Instead oh. of saying, I had already left, they just oh. say, I was, ich war schon weg. Ich war schon weg, als du angekommen bist. Um, mm. And so in, you know, in, uh, in teaching these, these uh, grammatical concepts, uh, it helps to have a uh, an understanding uh, at that level, at an analytical level, because yeah. then when I'm teaching German to English native speakers, I can make them aware of this, uh, this, yeah. this fact. Yeah. In German, it does exist. However, it's not really used, whereas native speakers of German don't really think about that uh, yeah. if they haven't actually studied um, mm. you know, German grammar. Yeah. For me these languages that I've learned, I can easily explain the grammar rules because I've learned it myself. I read so many books. I, I had, um, I was tested on them and yeah. But for my language, which is Korean, I think I have, uh, you know, lack of understanding of my language. And yeah, that's the reason why I say that um, non-native teachers could also be a nice option yeah absolutely absolutely mm -hmm. so uh well so let, let's let's then talk a, a little bit about uh the the advantages of of non-native teachers unless you had uh anything else to add about um about the disadvantages of native teachers have we have we covered all the uh all the topics there that we wanted to wanted to talk about yeah i think we covered all of them so let's move okay, on great. to advantages of non-native teachers. So, um, yeah, aside from grammar and explaining it um, well, I also think that non-native teachers have a better understanding of the, the psychology of language learners because they obviously have learned another language aside from their mother tongue, right? So they know what kind of difficulties students might be going through. And I think that's also going to be even more helpful if you're coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that you have, because uh, you, have, you have many students uh, who you very successfully coach. Uh, and help to improve. I'm sure that you uh, probably talk about this topic on a regular basis, right? So yeah. this kind of meta, this this uh, this meta information about mm. about the the process of learning itself, and that mm. there are many many different phases to 
to learning uh, a, a language. And obviously in, a, in the pilot episode, we talked about uh, how we get started learning. Uh, and then, um, you know, you're going to run into the fact that you can tell your student you're going to run into plateaus. You're mm -hmm. going to uh, hit certain barriers, um, but don't worry. And when, when they do, you, you know, you can tell them how to work through it. You can yeah. help them. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're not just kind of um, wallowing in despair, as we say. <laughs> yeah. thinking, oh, I don't know how to solve this problem. So yeah. absolutely, Co coaches, uh, non-native coaches can help uh, massively with the, the motivational aspect. Yeah. yeah. The motivational aspect. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, native teachers could be monolinguals. They could only speak their mother tongue, native language, but yeah, non-native teachers like learning languages. They have to mm -hmm. because they're teaching. Yeah. And yeah. that yeah opens new opportunities for students and also for teachers. And yeah. Yeah. Well it it I I, I know from well from my experience in mm -hmm. in Spain for example, we had mm -hmm. I was working at a uh, a school called International House for, for two years, one year in Valladolid and the second year in, in Santander. I'm just going to say those in Valladolid and Santander. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a very American pronunciation. Yeah. Uh, and we had, we had a, a couple of women on staff who were both native speakers of French mm -hmm. um, and uh, a gentleman as well who was German. All of their, uh, their English, they, they spoke very, very well. Um, mm -hmm. You definitely noticed a slight accent, but they spoke mm -hmm. uh, very well, and they were incredibly motivated um, to teach English because they had uh, put in the effort uh, over an extended period of time to mm -hmm. not only learn the language, but also do a certification so that they could teach the language. Oh. Uh, and so you could, you could really tell uh, th that they also put themselves, actively put themselves in the shoes mm -hmm. of their students which the native speakers did not necessarily do not because they didn't want to but because they didn't know they didn't know how to we definitely had people on staff who spoke very little Spanish or, or, or any other language for that matter and it's mm -hmm. so hard to understand as you said the psychology mm -hmm. uh, of your students and the psychology of motivation when the very thing that you are teaching you have not engaged in yourself mm -hmm. Yes, that's very true. And they can be more patient, although all teachers have to be patient because they have been through that process and they know that language learning is not that easy. So, yeah, I think this is more relevant to coaching. And another point I want to bring up is um, in Korea, there's actually many people who are afraid of foreigners who don't, really? uh, yeah, <laughs> they are kind of scared to talk to people who look different from them because Korea is a very, or has always been a homogeneous society. So people kind of look alike. And um, yeah, especially younger kids or really older people, they want to be taught by Koreans for this reason, for familiarity reason. But yeah, I guess it's not really relevant in other countries. But yeah, this is what happens in Korea. Interesting. Okay. I was not <laughs> aware of that. Oh. 
Yeah, so that means that means that the great majority of time, the the great majority of the time in Korea, people are going to be learning English, for example, from teachers who are Korean. Yeah. Themselves. Yeah, who are not uh, native speakers uh, of English. Mm -hmm. And okay. I have a lot of students. My students are mostly high school students that live abroad. So Korean expats are kind of like my uh -huh. niche. And um, so I would say my clients are their parents, right? Because they're the ones who pay, not the students. And parents love me because me, I can communicate with parents in Korean. And then I could talk to their kids in English and teach another language, which is like Spanish and French. So uh -huh. if you want to work with younger kids, I think in Korea, they would prefer a Korean teacher because it's easier to communicate with mm -hmm. the parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's another reason. Yeah, that that I that I understand perfectly well. I mean, mm -hmm. it was it was uh, it was interesting, as I said, when I when I worked in, in Spain, because the teachers who didn't speak any Spanish mm -hmm. could not really communicate with the parents of the kids oh. who they were instructing. Yeah. So there there invariably there 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 had to be a an interpreter, mm -hmm. uh, which was not always the case. So sometimes it was you know using hands and feet, uh, <laughs> and it. it did make the the process of of, of communicating uh, quite difficult. So I can mm -hmm. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but I, I I do think that uh, the the next point here is 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 quite interesting about you know the the um, unique cultural viewpoint mm -hmm. uh, of the non-native speakers um, and specifically in reference to what you were saying. So you know for you as a Korean native speaker teaching. Uh, Koreans French or teaching mm -hmm. uh, Korean Spanish mm -hmm. you know you have because you are Korean and you're a native speaker you have a feeling you have a certain feeling you uh, let's just say you ex experience certain emotions in learning Spanish and those emotions are going to be very similar to the emotions of your students yeah because you're, yeah. you're coming from the same culture you're coming mm -hmm. from the same background yeah. so you you are going to automatically have a very good feeling yeah. Uh, for what we're going to, not just at the language level, but at the cultural level. Uh, mm -hmm. What has your What has your experience been like with the uh, with that? Yeah, that I I agree with that hundred percent because my students would often compare Spanish to Korean and English mm -hmm. because my students already speak English and Korean, and that's something that really uh, motivates me because they give me so many ideas about what to think about and how I should teach. And I think, yeah, they themselves, as they learn, they try to uh, use Korean as their reference language. And we can talk about, I can pro relate to every language they speak. Mm -hmm, right? So mm -hmm. that's a very uh, big uh, advantage that I have. And that's why uh -huh. students, want to work with me because i understand them i understand the languages yeah. they speak yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's a big yeah. big fact <laughs> yeah that's another point of i think that's a big advantage of having a multilingual teacher yes because yeah yeah we're just not only 
speaking two languages, we're speaking multiple languages, and we can probably relate to so many students from so many linguistic backgrounds. Right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I just very recently started uh, teaching uh, German primarily to s native speakers of Spanish. Wow. Uh, yeah, fo following a, 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 an interview that I had um, with a, a, a YouTuber and, uh, and um, Instagram personality, and mm -hmm. uh, I was just flooded with uh, requests by Spanish native speakers to, to teach them German. Mm -hmm. um, but I also speak Spanish, so I am able to, I, I know what they are going through. I know when, when they make a mistake in German, it doesn't really matter whether I'm teaching them German or, or, or English, because I speak Spanish, I know what they're thinking in Spanish. So we can almost yeah. uh, read people's minds, right? And, yeah. and that's why I, I believe that uh, you should speak the language of, or, you know, it's not always possible but it's incredibly helpful as a language coach to actually speak the language of your students because the greatest source of error, the greatest source of mistakes is interference from your native language. Yeah. And so if, as a teacher, you can directly deal with that. If, if I'm a native speaker of English and I don't speak the, tar the, the native language of my students, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why they're making the mistake that they make. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Right. And and yeah. when you do speak that language, then it 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 just um, accelerates the process to to such a great degree. Yeah. Yeah. For my students as well, they because they're Korean expats, they go to English international schools, and uh -huh. they kind of have this interference from English and Korean, but they tend to mix both languages and think um, in these two languages and I think um, if it weren't for me like I'm not bragging or anything but it's kind of difficult to understand their their thought processes because it's kind of complicated and multilingual or yeah. bilingual bilingual and then you have to teach another language so <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you can understand their, their thought yeah, processes, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, processes because you do speak uh, all of yeah, the languages yeah. that they yeah. speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I say they always try to translate from English, right? Because French and other these languages are similar to English then to Korean. And I would say in English that we can say, but in Spanish, no. No se dice así. Because, yeah, they just... <laughs> They just translate literally, and then they think if they translate they and kind of speak it with a Spanish accent, they think it's Spanish, but it's not. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 Well, that that can ha that can happen very very quickly with related languages, as, as we talked about in the in the in the pilot episode. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I think. Um, well, we, we've, we've talked a, a great deal about the advantages of non-native teachers. What, what would you say then are the, the disadvantages of having a, a non-native teacher? Obviously, we spoke a little bit about this at the beginning of the episode. Uh, mm -hmm. Are there any points that we failed to cover so far? No, I don't think so. I think we covered almost all the points we wanted to mention. I think if non-native teachers um 
can speak and um, have this perfect language ability, I think non-native teachers can definitely be a very smart option. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to just uh, come back to a point that you made uh, at the beginning of the episode, which uh, while true, so the fact that non-native speakers obviously have imperfect pronunciation, yeah. uh, and while true, and while that is a, a disadvantage, uh, I have always told my students uh, and, and, and continue to that you should never just have one teacher. Uh, oh. So as much as possible, you should have as many different role models for mm. your speaking, especially as possible. So the fact that your teacher, your coach is not a native, uh, while they, they may provide an imperfect uh, model uh, mm -hmm. while you're working with them, the fact of the matter is uh, you will be, the, most of the time that you spend with the language will not be with your coach. Uh, it, most of your time should be spent listening anyway, right? Mm -hmm. And you should always do more listening than speaking. And if you're yeah. consuming a, a, a great deal of native speaker content, uh, mm -hmm. right, at some point you can transition from learner content to authentic content, mm -hmm. then the imperfect role model, the imperfect model of your non-native teacher will be drowned out, so to speak, uh, by by all of that that input. So my, my point here is that it's not a deal breaker. If you if you find a, a good uh, teacher and coach who's not a native speaker, you just, just don't model your speech after them. You can still learn mm. from them uh, with uh, without you know you don't have to worry about learning something incorrectly because as long as you're getting enough exposure to real language to you know mm -hmm. non-canned content as we talked about in the yeah, episode, yeah. right your th those kinks as we say will work themselves out you mm -hmm. will eventually uh deal with any of the kind of um uh, ingrained pronunciation errors that, that that you may have um or that you may be making uh yeah. as a result of you know having having gotten some type of uh, erroneous input Mm -hmm. um, so I think at the at the end of the day, all of the points that you made that you know uh, the non-native coach will understand your cultural viewpoint, that mm -hmm. they'll be more patient with you, that they'll be able to connect with you on, on an emotional uh, mm -hmm. a level much more easily because they've gone through the same hardships as you. I think mm -hmm. that's more important. That trumps uh, any any disadvantages that uh, mm -hmm. that uh, not being a native speaker may may present. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very true. The psychology aspect is important. And I think, yeah, so you're saying that you shouldn't depend 100% on your language teacher or co coach. And so having that um, going, you also need to expose yourself to authentic content and try to learn on your own, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, yeah, so uh, that is uh, that is this topic in a nutshell, uh, and you know it, it. It obviously it different people will have different opinions, and we are absolutely uh, elated. We uh, we would be elated to hear everyone's uh, viewpoints uh, uh, on the subject, and of course hear about the uh, experiences um, that you know whether you're a student or a teacher or both, uh, the experiences that you have had. Um, 
and we're of course we uh, we're open to suggestion. You know, these are just uh, our opinions and experiences. Uh, um, but uh, we, Judy and I, both are uh, lifelong learners, and uh, we uh, we're happy uh, to be um, to be shown a better way. <laughs> if there's this one out there, right? Yeah. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. And Thank you. Yeah, and we're very excited to hear your thoughts uh, and uh, and opinions on, on on this topic. Obviously, it's a there's a great deal of controversy surrounding the topic of uh, native versus versus non-native speakers, and our opinions are not the only ones out there. Mm -hmm. But uh, we would be we would be elated, as I said before, to uh, to mm -hmm. hear what everyone what everyone thinks and what they have to say. Uh, and uh, we're always open to suggestion. Also, just in terms of later episodes, what you what the topics uh, you guys you all would like to 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 hear about? Yes, we are open to your suggestions and also um, topic requests. So we will try to communicate with you as much as possible. And please um, leave a comment or share your thoughts and opinions with us. And thank you for tuning in today, and we will get back to you with another language episode. Yes, thank you so much to everyone for listening, and thank you, Judy, for, uh, for having me. Thank you, David. <laughs> All right. All, All right. right, take care, everyone. Okay.